I am Rico of Borg. Your life as it has been is over. From this time forward, you will service Trexin Sci-Fi. Ooh, he's really evil sounding, isn't he? <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Rico back in action after a week off uh, after the special Buckaroo podcast. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a few moments. But today is uh, March 15th, 2009. This will be podcast 218 for Trexin Sci-Fi going to be looking at the TNG episode Second Chances from Season 6 of that series later on today's show. We're going to do a full episode look at that one, uh, along with, of course, some Trek movie and news and discussion. Lots to talk about. Been gone a couple of weeks. Lots of news to bring everyone up to speed on. Uh, just uh, going to have a great show, I think, this week. A lot of fun. Uh, stay tuned, uh, and uh, to start us off, we'll play something just a little bit different uh, rather than just music. I thought everyone would enjoy listening to this, and I'll be right back. I couldn't believe it when the bartender told me who you are. Why are you talking to me, man? Your father was captain of a starship for 12 minutes. He saved 800 lives. Including yours. I dare you to do better. Enlist in Starfleet. You will experience fear. Fear in the face of certain death. received a distress call. I've been waiting for this day my whole life. This day of reckoning. I've got no captain and no first officer to replace. Yeah, we do. You are capable of deciding your own destiny. The question is... Which path will you choose? James T. Kirk was a great man, but that was another life. They're locking torpedoes. Emergency evasive! Fire everything! Yes, that, of course, is the latest trailer, the third or fourth or fifth, depending on how you count them, uh, trailer to the new Star Trek movie, of course, coming out in uh, less than two months now uh, on May 8th, 2009. Everyone listening to the show is well aware of that and has probably seen that trailer. It is also in theaters uh, with the new Watchmen movie, which I did see and enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, it's... Uh, that trailer, I've seen it uh, probably, I don't know, a dozen or more times now, and every time I still see it, it gives me goosebumps. It's, uh, I, I, I have heard, I mean, I st there's still people out there that have negative feelings about this for some reason. I don't understand that still, uh, especially after seeing this latest uh, trailer. 
the um, I, I think there's people out there who just enjoy being negative and contrary. Uh, I don't understand why they don't think this is going to be a good movie. Uh, they're all about, you know, oh, it's messing with Star Trek history and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, uh, okay, so what? Maybe it's still going to be a good movie. Does that really matter to the the, the vast, vast majority of the movie going public? Uh, no, I don't want to get into that whole thing too much right now. But suffice to say, I'm very excited. I know many people on the Treks and Sci-Fi forums are very excited by this uh, new look at the movie. Uh, I think it tells us quite a bit in, in a very short span of time, maybe even in a way too much, uh, things that I've kind of known about for a while. But I think uh, it's all really going to come together. And there's just a huge number of promotions, it seems, going to be for this movie, I, almost too much. I know Burger King is, do, I think it's Burger King doing a big uh, tie-in. Uh, cereal companies, uh, commercials. I, I read that uh, they did some filming even on the sets and that for some of these advertisers. <laughs> I just hope we don't see Coke, Pepsi, and, and uh, hamburgers from Burger King sitting on the bridge in the new Enterprise. Uh, that might be a little too far even for me. So, uh, But I'm very excited, uh, suffice it to say. All right, before we get into the uh, main uh, chunks and, and chunks, <laughs> that sounds a little gross, uh, main parts of the podcast, I just want to say uh, a big thanks to some recent donations that have come in, uh, Peter Fultz, Rick Moyer, Eric Gant, uh, Doug Nadel, and Ricardo Lopez, and some day, or daily uh, monthly subscriptions as well, uh, uh, meds and others. Uh, I really appreciate these uh, donations to help out the podcast. And the new sites that I've started over at Geek Play TV, that's Geek Play, all one word, dot TV. There are links at the main com website. And also the jobforahero.com website. Check those out. I think you'll enjoy them, uh, especially, uh, well, the little cartoons I'm doing at Job for a Hero uh, to sort of uh, mirror and, and uh, vent maybe a little about my current uh, search for a new job, a new position. Uh, everyone probably pretty much knows about that now. The search continues. Uh, there's been a few things that have popped up that looked like they were good fits, but it's it's a slow process, unfortunately, these days. Uh, just like it always is, you know, you send these things in and you don't hear back, and then out of the blue, of course, something, you know, will come in a month or so later after you submit your uh, resume. But, um, again, the donations are very much appreciated. If you'd like to donate and help out for the costs on some of that new uh, software and site uh, work that I'm doing, uh, there are donation links at treksandsci-fi.com, uh, over at geekplay.tv. Uh, there is a donation link there. I don't think I have one up at jobforahero.com, but they all come through and, and go to the same place. Uh, so uh, I would really appreciate that. Along with that, uh, there's a new sponsor on the main treksandsci-fi.com webpage, also on the forums. It's for a new cool piece of software. Uh, uh, the company is called Hyperdesk, H-Y-P-E-R-Desk.com. Uh, uh, there are links to this uh, off of the main webpage. You'll see a little icon in the uh, sort of right-hand column side about a uh, Star Trek uh, XP, Windows XP desktop, uh, which uh, sort of is this, you know, they give you new wallpapers, new icons, uh, a new little uh, look to your desktop. 
in a Star Trek theme. They also have other themes as well, Disney and other uh, pretty well-known uh, franchises out there and some sort of generic ones as well. Really uh, slick stuff. Uh, these guys, and the desktops are not that expensive. I think they're $14.95 each for all of them. Uh, and uh, the Trek one is very nice, very nice images. Uh, uh, it's called the the whole thing is called the either Hyperdesk or the Skins Factor, uh, excuse me, the Skins Factory. So um, check it out, and if you're interested, uh, I get like a I, I don't know a little percentage back for each purchase. Uh, so that'll help out uh, treksinsci-fi.com as well. Working. And the last uh, piece of news, I, I am starting a uh, and doing and taking orders for a new run of T-shirts, Trexin Sci-Fi T-shirts. I've done these uh, a few times in the past, three, four times, I think. And this is a slightly different version. They're sort of uh, light gray, ash colored, I think is the official word for it. Uh, T-shirts, uh, short sleeve uh, with some uh, the, the sort of Spock uh, holding his iPod logo, the typical one on the front of the shirt, along with a little bit of text and more text on the back of the shirt, uh, describing events in Star Trek history in different years. There's seven or eight, I think, listed there. You can get all the details on that. Just go to, again, treksandsci-fi.com. There is a T-shirt link there. You will see it, and uh, that'll take you to the details page. You can order your particular size. I will ship overseas for a little additional cost uh, as well. And uh, the orders, I'm going to take orders till the end of March, uh, but the sooner you get those in, the better. I'm trying to get this all put together so that uh, I can put the bulk order in, and then the T-shirts will get to me, and I will then mail them to you. Hopefully, we'll have them all for uh, the premiere of the movie in may and uh, a cool idea might be if you know if you go to the movie get your uh, picture taken at the theater there somewhere maybe in the in your shirt and i can collect those up and and post those up online somewhere in a little Flickr collection or something that would be a fun thing i think and uh everyone gets to see all the different uh treks and sci-fi fans out there uh wearing their t-shirts so uh get your orders in as soon as possible that would be uh terrific i think this will be a lot of fun and again uh, just go over to treksandsci-fi.com and you'll see the order link for t-shirts there for the next week or so Hey, it's time for news about the new Star Trek movie. Take it away, Rico. The big news I've already kind of covered real briefly. Of course, the new trailer came out. That can be seen all over the place. So you can go over to StarTrekMovie.com and see all the official trailers that have been released for the film. Uh, the, the This trailer, again... It came out maybe like the day before. It was sort of slipped out on the Thursday, I think, before Watchmen came out on Friday, the 6th of March. Uh, just a very cool trailer, really well put together, I think. And and is I, I'm hoping that's giving us a very good sense of what the movie's going to be like. And a lot more... Uh, uh, story oriented uh, and character driven than might than people may have thought, especially through some of the earlier trailers, and even the current one with a lot of action being shown. Uh, you know, these things. This is two minutes uh, of a movie that's o- over two hours long, uh, and it's you know they're going to show you the the dramatic and, and uh, both the action and the drama to a degree to try to drive people and get people into the theater. So. Uh, the a few other things I wanted to talk about 
what else? Uh, the promotions, like I said earlier, they've got a lot of tie-ins. Uh, Kellogg, uh, Egos even, with these uh, Star Trek uh, logos of the movie will be showing up. One thing that I haven't seen, maybe somebody out there can email me, uh, and I've been looking, uh, email me over at treksf at gmail.com. I haven't seen, you know, they've had different little posters for the movie, more promotional. I call them more promotional posters, not like an official movie poster, although I think I have seen one in the theater, and it's pretty plain uh, with just an image of the, one of the faces or a couple of the faces from the the characters uh, on a, on a one-sheet kind of poster. But I haven't really seen what I would consider an official movie poster uh, that, uh, you know, you could put uh, up in a movie theater. I guess there are some, like I said, but they seem kind of ordinary to me. I don't know. I, I'm hoping they're going to do something more spectacular, to more of a a la Star Wars look or other movie posters where they put more of the characters in, maybe show some of the ships and a few scenes to a degree, you know, sort of a collage effect in a poster. Those are the ones I prefer the most, not these very simple stark images where it's sort of a black and white shot of one of the characters with the word Star Trek under it. Those just seem kind of ordinary. I like the more of the artistic style that uh, I think it's the guy's name is Doug Struzan has done for Star Wars and a lot of other people. Uh, those are the po- posters that I prefer, and I hope they do something like that for Trek. I, I'm not sure if they're going to yet or not. Or you know, it seems like by now they would have had something like that come out. So, uh, and uh, related to the trailer, this may be the final trailer that we're going to see before the movie. I mean, they they'll probably have. Uh, alter versions of it, you know, little bits of it showing up on TV in 30-second spots. There was uh, a spot that they showed on Heroes last week. They showed this trailer, the current one, full, fully on TV. Uh, they kind of had advertised that they were going to uh, talk about the movie uh, during the show, you know, have a special sneak peek, but it just turned out to be the preview, which was a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, you know, they were doing these Watchmen things, and they've been doing them for Wolverine that focus on the different characters to a degree. Uh, and I hope they were going to do something like that for Trek, you know, something a little different. And they still might. Uh, but for this uh, last one, last week's Heroes show, uh, they didn't do that. Uh, but uh, anyway, so uh, not uh, much else. Uh, you know, they're going to be showing up at conventions, the different crew and cast people uh, this uh, spring and summer. Uh, talking about the movie, of course, but uh, it's going to be mostly after the fact because most of the big cons happen, of course, after May, after the movie comes out. So um, I think that's it for the movie talk. Uh, Let's move on to some other sci-fi. How about the news in the world of sci-fi? Stay tuned. Oh, just a ton of stuff uh, to talk about sci-fi-wise. I want to talk about uh, three main things. Uh, first, I want to talk about Watchmen. I, I did go see that last weekend, uh, a day or two after it came out. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it's been a long time since I've read the comic, and I, I keep meaning to reread it, and, uh, and I've got it sitting here on the shelf and just haven't had a chance to reread it again. I thought they did a very good job. The characters were uh, much like I remembered them from the comic. You know, there were a few things they altered. Uh, the ending uh, is altered to a degree. I'm not going to give away a lot of spoilers. Most of this stuff has been pretty widely reported. Uh, it's just going to be sort of a generic review. But I enjoyed it quite a bit. It is not uh, at all, and even the comic itself, is it's not a typical like Superman, Batman, Iron Man kind of storyline or heroes. These, these, these people are not very... Um, 
let's just say they're not very nice for the most part. Uh, there, there are some pretty nasty heroes, and, and uh, they, there's a couple of them, especially in this in this movie, that make Batman look like a Boy Scout. I mean, there are just some pretty nasty uh, ways of doing things. Uh, they make Jack Bauer on television look like a Boy Scout, actually. But uh, I enjoyed it again. Uh, I thought the uh, the message was kind of interesting, and it, it it was sort of retro. You know, this movie is sort of set in an alternate, you know, mid '80s timeline uh, where things uh, have have just been sort of changed a bit, and uh, Nixon is still around and stuff like that. And again, most of this stuff is pretty widely known. But it's a good movie, very long, and I hear even there's other footage that will show up on a DVD eventually. This movie is. Uh, I think it was about two hours and 45 minutes. Uh, the effects, the action, all of that, of course, is amazing. Uh, Snyder, what's his first name? I forget the, is it Jack Snyder? I uh, can't remember the director. You know, he did 300. Uh, I keep wanting to say Tom Snyder, but that's that guy that used to do that late night talk show. Uh, but uh, this uh, director did a very good job. I, I think the, the characters, again, are the most interesting part of this film. If you're at all a comic fan... Uh, definitely go check this out if you like sci-fi, fantasy, that kind of stuff. It's definitely different. It, there isn't much else that's ever been out that's like this movie, and I, I think it's well worth seeing, especially in the theater. I'd like to check it out in IMAX sometime. Maybe I'll do that because, uh, again, the visuals of this movie are just uh, simply amazing. The kind of thing, again, this movie, the the CG and all, and it's probably why it's taken so long, you know, 20-plus years to make this film that they haven't been able to do it because without CGI and that, I think this movie would have been not nearly what it turned out to be, would have been very, very expensive. It was already expensive even with CGI. I think this movie was in the, you know, the mid hundred million plus or something like that. I think it costs over a hundred million, I think, uh, to do this film. So uh, go see it when you can. Uh, Definitely worth seeing in the theater if you can get out to see it there. Uh, I think it will lose a lot just watching it, even if you have a nice, uh, a widescreen TV at home. I think it's still valuable to see this kind of film in the theater. So uh, two other things. I saw Race to Witch Mountain uh, yesterday, actually, and enjoyed it quite a bit. This is sort of a retelling of the old Disney Escape to Witch Mountain tale, but quite a bit different. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is, is the main lead in it, along with the kids, of course. And they actually bring, uh, bring back the two main uh, actors from the original Escape to Witch Mountain uh, Ike Eisman, and I think that's how you say his name, and Kim Richards, uh, who played the two kids, are have a couple of uh, more than just a walk through. They get they get to do a little bit in this movie, and it was kind of nice to see them. Uh, so, uh, and it was this movie is rated, I think it was rated PG, and you know, yeah, it's more for kids. It's kind of a Disneyish kind of movie, but I enjoyed it a lot. There's a lot of humor. Uh, and, and some pretty nice moments in it as well. And I don't know, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, I, I, everything I've ever seen him do, I've enjoyed. Uh, he just has sort of a natural, uh, very you know, friendly personality that uh, lends itself to to being on TV. I mean, I think a lot of that comes from his early wrestling days. That's a very showmanship kind of uh, job and occupation, and it comes through in his acting. He's just very personable and very uh, likable on screen and uh, suited this movie real well. So check it out, especially if you've got kids in the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 range or so. I think they'd enjoy it quite a bit too. And the last uh, sci-fi thing I wanted to mention is Battlestar Galactica. Oh my gosh, it's 
it is going to be sad when the show uh, is gone, but I am glad that they are wrapping up the show the way they want to. And Ron Moore is doing, I think, a good job of that. Uh, there's still a lot to go next week on Friday. The final episode uh, will air on the Sci-Fi Channel here in the States, at least, and, and other places that get it uh, along the same time we do. It's a two-hour finale, and uh, boy, there's a lot to cover. Everything's kind of really coming uh, coming together or falling apart, depending on how you look at it on the show. And uh, the acting is just stupendous. I really hope next fall that they, uh, you know, all some of these actors are recognized for some of their work over the years on Galactica. Edward James Olmos, especially, is just amazing. Mary McDonnell. Uh, as Roslyn, the the list just goes on and on. Uh, Katie Sackhoff, kind of a personal favorite of mine, as Starbuck or or Cara Thrace. You know, just these guys all do. James Callis, Baltar, my hat is off to them. Uh, Kudos to all of them and their hard work over the last four seasons. You guys have been excellent. Uh, I'm really going to miss the show, and I will be sitting there uh, watching it as it airs next Friday night on the Sci-Fi Channel. Hey everybody, this is Darmok again with a follow-up to last week's Buckaroo Banzai podcast. Today I want to get uber geeky and expand upon the Star Trek connection to the movie. Thanks to BillyBob476 for mentioning that the quote on the USS Excelsior's registration plaque reads, No matter where you go, there you are. This was the Excelsior that was seen in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. I also did a little searching on my own and found that Yo-Yo Dine Propulsion Systems is referenced extensively, although not verbally, in the Trek universe. Most specifically, Star Trek The Next Generation. Apparently, that group was extremely fond of Buckaroo Banzai. According to Memory Alpha, the Yo-Yo Dine Division, also known as Yo-Yo Dine Propulsion Systems, is a shipbuilding firm that builds starships at various shipyards, including 40 Aridani A Starfleet Construction Yards, Copernicus Shipyards, and San Francisco Fleet Yards in the 24th century. From the Next Generation episode Peak Performance, the starship Hathaway was built by Yo-Yo Dine at Luna. From the episode Night Terrors, the starship Bretagne was built by Yo-Yo Dine at Forte Aridani on Stardate 22519.5. From the episode The Wounded, the starship Phoenix was built by Yo-Yo Dine at Forte Aridani on Stardate 40250.5. From the episode Redemption Part 2, the starship Sutherland was built by Yo-Yo Dine in San Francisco on Stardate 448-20.5. Supposedly, Yo-Yo Dine has an office on Deep Space Nine's promenade. Their name was listed on Deep Space Nine's promenade map. Parenthetically, on the TV series Angel, Yo-Yo Dine is a client of the law firm Wolfram & Hart. Now, the name Yo-Yo Dine originally comes from Thomas Pynchon's novel V. The company, a defense contractor, is featured more extensively in the Pynchon novel The Crying of Lot 49. According to a friend of mine, the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the Eighth Dimension is very Pynchon-esque. One other Next Generation reference... The USS Buckaroo Banzai appears in a list of ships on Captain Jean-Luc Picard's desktop monitor in the episode Up the Long Ladder. 
This occurred while he searched for all Earth deep space launches from 2123 until 2190 with destinations in or near the ficus sector during an investigation of an SOS signal discovered in that sector in 2365. This bit of dubious trivia is also featured in the reference book, Star Trek The Next Generation, The Continuing Mission. Man, is that geeky or what? Now, while we're on the subject of references, did anyone discover the reference to the Stevie Wonder song as I mentioned last week? Well, I'll give you one more week to find it. I'll announce it on next week's podcast. Finally, Thanks to everyone in the Trex and Sci-Fi forum who gave such glowing reviews and encouraging words for my first podcast. I really appreciate this community and am so glad to be a part of it. Thanks again, Rico. Now back to you. End discussion. Discussion? What discussion? Well, thanks very much. We uh, really appreciate what you did last week, Phil, and you did a great job with the Buckaroo cast. He wanted me to mention, I think, to just give out the answer to the Stevie Wonder thing. He said that that reference to that song occurs during the the jet car test sequence uh, in that part of the film. That's when they mention the Stevie Wonder bit. So uh, thanks again, Phil. A uh, great podcast, and you'll have to come back again soon and, and uh, unearth another great cult classic like Buckaroo Banzai. And now, what you've all been waiting for, here's this week's Star Trek episode on Treks in Sci-Fi. Captain's Log, Stardate 469.15.2. Enterprise is orbiting Navala 4, waiting for an opportunity to retrieve scientific data left there by Starfleet researchers when they were forced to evacuate eight years ago. Okay, here we go with the episode from Season 6 of TNG, Second Chances. We're in uh, 10 forward. Uh, everyone's kind of in uh, their relaxed, out-of-duty outfits. Uh, and, uh, of course, Commander Riker is overplaying uh, the trombone. enjoy when they get to uh, show them a little more off-duty and a little more relaxed on uh, TNG and any of the other uh, Trek shows as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any requests tonight? Nightbird. Any requests? Nightbird. Ladies and gentlemen, Nightbird. One little comment here is uh, Jonathan Frakes does play the trombone, but he actually didn't get a chance to record the uh, the scenes here. The, they had to dub the music in because of a conflict. Here it comes. Data to Commander Riker. Go ahead. Commander, you are needed on the bridge. On my way. Saved by the bell. I wasn't really sure what that uh, whole Nightbird song uh, 
what was the deal if it's hard for him to play or a difficult piece what it what the deal was or if it's a favorite or you whatever of Troy's yes sir it appears we'll be able to transport to the surface sooner than anticipated is the planet's distortion field rephasing sooner than you predicted no sir Using the Potemkin's transport logs from the original evacuation, Commander LaForge and I were able to modify the transporters so we can beam out through a higher distortion field. The transporters are considerably more efficient than those used on the Potemkin eight years ago. It's a good thing. I almost didn't make it off the surface. When can we get started? 97 minutes, sir. How long will the transport window be open? 26 minutes. After that, the distortion field will rephase. That doesn't give us much time to retrieve the database. The planet's proximity to its sun will create two additional transport windows in the next three days. Let's hope that's enough. It will have to be, sir. The next transport window will not occur for another eight years when the planet's orbit will bring it close enough to the sun to dephase the distortion field. Okay, notify the away team. We'll be going in ahead of schedule. I'll tell the captain. Aye, sir. Just a quick note, uh, LeVar Burton directed this episode. Uh, he was the first time he actually directed an episode of TNG. So, uh, and does an excellent job, especially the complications that this episode has. This is different than I remember. This place was a mess when we left. Commander. Someone was here. A ship could have been caught in the distortion field and crashed. The survivors may have taken refuge here. Commander, someone is approaching. Humanoid. 40 meters due east and closing. Of course, Riker visited here before eight years previously when he was aboard the Potemkin. Now he walks in. Uh, it looks like another Commander Riker. down the uh, opening theme music uh, let's give you some of the general uh, background here second chances production number order 250 so this is about the 150th because I think they start at 101 when they did that uh, numbering scheme it originally aired uh, first on May 24th 1993 so almost Space. what 16 years going on 16 years old uh, it takes place around start eight four six nine one five point two. Like I said earlier, uh, this is directed by LeVar Burton. The teleplay is by one of the regular staff writers, Rene Echevarare. Oh, I never can say Rene's name right. Uh, anyway, uh, it's by a pitch, though, by uh, another guy named Michael Medlock. His pitch originally was to uh, have some kind of circumstance create a uh, another Commander Riker, a second uh a double, uh, and uh, they really didn't like that idea at all. The idea of, of having a double around uh, has been done a lot throughout TV shows, movies, and everything like that. And it's it's kind of a a weak plot device. I mean, it's been done, like I said. I mean, I can even remember back on like I Dream of Genie and other shows. The Munsters, I think, did it. The Adams Family. It's been done for a long time. Uh, Lucy, did Lucille Ball do that once? I think. I think so. But anyway, but the pitch here was that the Riker-Troy romance, uh, uh, a 
another version of Commander Riker would allow that to sort of take place, and that's always been sort of a fan desire, and this was a way to play that out. So let's get back here to the episode, uh, the first part of Act 1. Who are you? Who are you? I'm Commander William Riker from the Federation Starship Enterprise. It's not possible. I'm Will Riker. May I ask how you got here? Eight years ago, I led a team to evacuate this station. What ship were you on? The Potemkin. Why did you not return to the Potemkin with the others? I was the last one out. The distortion field must have interfered with the transport. They lost the signal lock on me. When I tried to contact the ship, I couldn't get through the interference. If you check with Starfleet, I'm sure they recorded that I was lost on that day. That's not what happened. I was the last one out, and I made it back to the Potemkin. You don't believe me? It's not that we don't believe you. It's just hard to see how both stories could be true. Would you be willing to have our doctor check you out? Of course. Mr. Worf, take him directly to sick bay and notify the captain once you're on board. Let's get to work. Worf to Enterprise, two to beam up. Really uh, a very cool setup. Uh, the uh, alternate Riker here is in sort of that yellow colored uniform because that was uh, Looks like his area of expertise. He was more in was that area than the man the at the time. I caught in a rock slide. I had to set it myself. Now they're back in sickbay, of course. Picard walks in and is uh, is a little shocked. Jean-Luc Picard. Lieutenant Will Riker. I hope you understand our need to verify your claim. Yes, sir. Genetically, he is indistinguishable from Commander Riker. Could there be some sort of cloning involved here? I don't think so. There's no genetic drift. But it's not conclusive. That's why I compared their brain scans. Brain organization patterns are as unique as fingerprints, except for minor, minor differences. Theirs are identical. But can't brain patterns be cloned? No. They're determined by experience, mostly from early childhood. How can two grown men share the same childhood experiences? It just doesn't make any sense. I am Will Riker. I don't know who or what made it back to the Potemkin that day, but it wasn't me. Lieutenant, our chief engineer is checking the transporter logs of the Potemkin. Perhaps that will shed some light on the matter. Don't worry. We will get to the bottom of this. And in the meantime, you'll be taken to your quarters. Try and make yourself as comfortable as possible. I will. The replicators on the station haven't worked for a long time. It's been a while since I've had a decent meal. Doctor? He's got this tattered old uh, uniform on, and uh, it's uh, got a full beard. Uh, Apparently, good, good there was look. a massive energy surge in the distortion field around the planet just at the moment you tried to beam out. The transporter chief tried to compensate by initiating a second containment beam. Hmm. An interesting approach. He must have been planning to reintegrate the two patterns in the transport buffer. Actually, it wasn't really necessary. 
Commander Riker's pattern maintained its integrity with just the one containment beam. He made it back to the ship just fine. What happened to the second beam? The transporter chief shut it down, but somehow it was reflected back to the surface. And another William Riker materialized there. How was the second pattern able to maintain its integrity? The containment beam must have had the exact same phase differential as the distortion field. Which of them is real? Well, that's the thing. Both. You were both materialized from a complete pattern. Up until that moment, you were the same person. But of course, as you and Lieutenant Riker have lived very different lives for the past eight years, you are now very different people. I part I have a little like bit of trouble with on this is the whole matter time. thing. You know, where did the matter, matter come from? Did it come from the planet or, or what? You can't, uh, you know, that's a standard law of physics. Matter cannot be created or destroyed. I mean, it can be changed into another form. So, uh, you know, that's one little thing I think they kind of should have mentioned here at least a little bit. The computer on the station is not completely operational. Many of its components have been removed. Apparently, Lieutenant Riker used them to keep the station's radiation shield operational. Can it be repaired? At least enough to access the database. Oh, uh, having a little uh, Lipton uh, green tea, diet green tea today. Well, perhaps he can help us. He was alone down there for a long time. I'm hesitant to let him go back until he's been evaluated. I'll talk to him. Thank you, Counselor. there and now they uh they kiss and hug and this is of course the uh the Riker from eight years previous and his Will, attitudes I never and thought memories I'd see you again we need to talk you're on board because of him no commander Riker and I are friends close friends but nothing more why don't we sit down <laughs> what a uh, thing to have to live with all that time alone and then come back to this uh, just a uh, really interesting thing to have to deal with now they're sitting kind of far apart on a couch like yesterday the Janarin falls on Betazin it was the day before you started your tour on the Potemkin and we were going to meet on Risa six weeks later we never did I know no what I mean is Commander Riker and I never did. You see, he earned a promotion very quickly. I know that too. For exceptional valor during the evacuation of the research station on Nervala 4. Looking at his service record. He chose to make his career a priority. There wasn't much time for anything else. We kept in touch, but... We didn't see each other again until we were both posted to the Enterprise two years later. By then, our feelings for each other had changed. We've served together for six years. Things never went back to the way they used to be. I had a lot of time on my hands when I was down on that station. 
were days that I was so lonely I thought I might lose my mind. Do you know how I made it through? I thought if I hung on for one more day, they'd rescue me. Maybe I'd see you again. I guess things don't always work out the way you expect them to. I know this isn't what you were hoping for. But that doesn't mean you can't make a future for yourself. Thanks. Captain Picard wanted me to find out if you'd be willing to help us retrieve the station's database. I reconfigured that computer so many times they probably can't make head or tails of it. I'd be happy to help. Do you feel up to it? Absolutely. Good, I'll tell the captain. Well, I have to go. Deanna. I know it's been a long time since we've been together. And I know your feelings have changed. Mine haven't. I can't just give up. I'd like to be with you again. Good night, Will. There's some subtle things here in uh, Jonathan Frakes' performance that I really like. The way his eyes move and just a little different attitude. Base distortion is dropping. The next transport window opens in 42 seconds. How long will we have, Lieutenant? 36 minutes, sir. We are losing time. Lieutenant Riker should be here. Ah, the uh, transporter uh, Lieutenant. expert here, the transporter chief, Cancel chief, I guess. You were supposed His to Ensign report Palmer, here at played by Dr. May sorry, Jameson, a while since who was a, a, a real-life uh, astronaut uh, inspired by Lieutenant Uhura from the original series. And so they gave her a little shot, a little part on TNG here. First time, actually, a real-life uh, NASA astronaut uh, appeared on track. just about everything through here. Now they're down on the surface, of course, back on the planet to retrieve the data. Check out the primary EPS system. See if you can get some power to the rest of these consoles. I shunted the database to the main core underneath the station. Can we access it from here? Well, there's been a lot of seismic activity over the years. If the servo links were damaged, we may not be able to. I'll try to tap into the command pathways. You see if you can access and disable the file server. Wouldn't that be weird working like next to someone that looked and acted and sounded just like you? That just uh, would be pretty freaky, I think. You know, I've been thinking we should probably let Dad know what happened. I'm sure he'd be thrilled to know the two of us now. Actually, he and I have been able to patch a few things up. Well, I've been able to get by for a long time without seeing him. I'm not about to start now. What made you contact him? I didn't. He came on board the Enterprise to brief me when I was offered the Ares. What did he say when you turned out your own command? He couldn't understand why I did it. For once, he and I agree on something. The primary EPS coupling is fused. The entire unit will have to be replaced. I've accessed the command pathways. The interlink relays are functioning now. See if that did the trick. 
that's not working. The servo link must be damaged. We're going to have to go into the station and access the core directly. We have less than three minutes left. Well, I'll stay here. I'll be finished by the time the third window opens. It's too dangerous. Our scans show the caverns are unstable. I've been down there dozens of times. I know my way around. We'll come back during the third window. We'll bring a new EPS coupling. We'll try to access the core from another console up here. Riker to Enterprise. The forge here. We're ready to beam out. You go ahead. I'll be finished by the time you get back. Hold it. I gave you an order, Lieutenant. Ah, a little conflict starts, of course. Computer? Valerian root tea. Hot. Seems like a, a reasonable idea, too, for Tom Riker to have wanted to stay and do that, but, um, you know, it, I can see Commander Riker's idea, too, that it was a little dangerous, even though he'd been there for so long, you never know, you know, with tremors and problems like that, anything can happen. At 1900 hours. It's important. Now Troy finds a, uh, a little present in her quarters. Pulses unendingly all through the night. Seek out the crystal that powers our flight. So now he's uh, Tom Riker is leaving these little poems with little flowers uh, across the different areas of the Enterprise with, uh, you know, something very romantic, something that uh, is probably one of the things that attracted Troy to him to begin with, things he used to do but doesn't seem to be able to do or have time for anymore. Can I help you, Counselor? No, thank you. <laughs> it's pretty neat. I like uh, I like what uh, what they did here with this. What the future holds, no one can know. But forward we look, and forward we go. That, of course, leads her to uh, 10 forward. And now there's a, uh, a table here that's got a little box uh, sitting on it with uh, another note. Janarin Falls. I remember. Where did you get this? I made it a couple of years ago down on the station. You made this? Well, you should have seen the first two. It took a while to get a fine enough beam out of the phaser. Oh, it's lovely. It's Thank a little, you. like, uh, kind of plaque sculpture thing uh, showing mm -hmm. the falls that they uh, had visited. I wanted to remember our last night together. So, um, how does it feel being with people again? Great. Strange. For a long time, I did whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. 
bit hard getting used to taking orders again. I can imagine. But I guess I'll have to get used to it if I want to get my career going again. Is that what you've decided to do? Remember, I'm the one who wanted to make captain by the time he was 35. I'm a little behind schedule. I'll admit that. It's good you don't feel set back. I do. Things are a little more complicated than I had planned. But there's nothing going to stand in the way of my getting what I want. There you go. Thanks. A little awkward here for that. times I thought about you. But, about uh, us. you know, he's trying. For weeks after the evacuation, I kept thinking they'd find a way through the distortion field and come back for me. I even thought... We'd meet on Risa like we planned. Days went by and nobody came. Then I realized why. They thought that I had been killed in the beam out. No one came down because they thought there was no one to come down for. So I figured that they'd had a memorial service for me. Somehow that made me feel better. I can understand that. You were there, all dressed in black. Very flattering on you, by the way. Mm, I'm sure I look terrible, with my eyes all red and swollen from crying. Sometimes I would look up into the sky and I'd think, if I tried hard enough, I could make you feel my presence. That if I could let you know that I was alive, Maybe you'd wait for me. I know it sounds crazy, but there were times when I could have sworn. What am I talking about? The other day when I told you about how Commander Riker and I didn't meet on Riser, what I didn't say was how disappointed I was. You didn't have to. I know. I started to hear from him less and less. I knew his career was taking him away from me, but I didn't want to believe it was over. <laughs> I spent a lot of time thinking about him, wondering where he was, what he was doing. Sometimes I'd look into the sky and imagine that he knew. And that somehow he could sense me thinking about him. So, who knows? Maybe one night we were looking up at the same star and you were thinking about me. in a way I was thinking about you it's a really good uh, scene here good acting between the two of them and, and getting a lot deeper than they've ever been able to do a lot um, of their characters before you wanted to see me sir? yes number one come in Lieutenant Riker has been to see me to talk about the away mission 
He believes that the only way to retrieve the database is by directly accessing the main core underneath the station. The seismic activity makes those caverns very unstable. In my opinion, it's too risky. He said that he was down there recently. He seemed confident that it could be done safely. There's a good chance we will be able to retrieve the database from one of the consoles inside the station. But if it doesn't work, we won't have another chance for eight years. Lieutenant Riker's plan is more dangerous, but it does have a better chance of succeeding. Given the importance of the data, I think that it's worth the risk. I'll look over the schematics and I'll draw up a mission plan. I'm sure that Lieutenant Riker will be happy to help you with that. I'll talk to him. <laughs> He's feeling a little uh, threatened, I think, uh, the Commander Riker from uh, what Lieutenant Riker has planned. And He's a lot more reckless, a lot more Kirk-like. Uh, you know, a younger Riker wanted to be captain and all of that. Uh, so fast. And... Lieutenant. Sir, I just met with the captain about your mission recommendation. I would appreciate it if next time you came to me first. I tried talking to you yesterday on the station. You wouldn't hear me out. I heard you, Lieutenant. I rejected your plan. May I ask what the captain decided? The captain has decided to go with your recommendation. But that's not the point, isn't it? If you think I'm coming down on you because the captain overruled me, think again. I happen to disagree with his decision, but he is my commanding officer, and I follow his orders. Just so there's no confusion, I am your commanding officer, and I expect you to do the same. If you can't, there's no place for you on my away team. Yes, sir. There will be a meeting in the observation lounge at 1,400 hours to draw up a mission plan. A good, uh, good little scene there. We stayed in 10 forward talking with, for uh, hours. Dr. Crusher and Troy going through some, uh, like, yoga-type exercises, I think. Beverly, I'm just asking. You know it's been over between Will and me for a long time. He's not Will. He is Will, but you know what I mean. It's really hard for me to separate my feelings for them. Deanna, just because things turned out the way they did between you and Commander Riker, doesn't mean you shouldn't let things between you and Lieutenant Riker take their own course. I knew you'd encourage me. Well, I thought that's why you brought it up. <sighs> well, I think I'll call it a day. Beverly. And, uh, of course, Tom Riker came into the exercise area here and, uh, so, uh, Beverly Bye. decides to leave. Three's a crowd, you know. Some form of Tai Chi Chuan. Klingon exercises, actually. Oh, Lieutenant of course. Teaches Why did class. I say Forms yoga? What am I talking about? Worf's been teaching them. You just did the Kominara. Tai Chi Chuan. It's called the crane block. Now let's try something else. What is that called? <laughs> it's 
Dr. Worf's a very good teacher. And now she knocked to Riker back down on his back, and uh, she's kissing him on the floor of the, uh, what is this, the gym or something? Kind of an empty room. Now you're learning, of course, that she was disappointed by the Riker not showing up on Risa. He's the one that decided. If you want to be with him, you don't have to ask my permission. The look in your eyes, I recognize it. You used to have it for me. We've both had relationships with other people. This is different. I didn't know how you'd feel about it. Flattered? Sort of. This must be very strange for you. Ever since he came on board, I find myself thinking about the choice that you and I made. Me too. Do me a favor. Be careful. Well, I know you and he have had some problems. That's not what I'm talking about. If he had gotten off the planet instead of me, don't you think he would have made the same choices that I made? I just don't want you to be hurt again. That's a good point, but he's had eight years of other experiences to change his attitudes and, and to think about what's important to him. Two pair. Versus, you know, being saved and everything going on just as it did. I'd like to thank you both for your very, you know, very interesting thing. You know, each of the paths and each of the, you know, momentous and changes in your life kind of dictates kind of the kind of person that you are and changes you to a degree, some more than others. So, it's this is not Commander Riker. This is a different person now. Now we're into a a place they're going to do a little uh, poker game. Or are playing poker. Data is there, Worf, Commander Riker, and now Lieutenant Riker has joined them. The game is five card draw, no limit. Ante, please. Lieutenant? Three, please. Mr. Worf. Four. I always enjoyed when they're playing uh, <laughs> poker on TNG. It just It's a nice little Commander? setting, a nice little place for them to. And Riker, of course, Commander Riker says he doesn't need Dealer any takes cards. two. You control the bet, Lieutenant. Fifty. Fold. Here's your fifty. And uh, ten more. You didn't take any cards. You must be holding something. Why not make it a little sweeter? No, thanks. Playing it safe. You in? I will call. Here's your 10. And it will cost you another 100. I've practiced in the mirror too long to be fooled by that face. You're bluffing. Here's your hundred and twenty more. Dealer folds. I thought if one thing were clear by now, 
said you and I play things a little differently. Why don't we wait and see who comes out on top? I thought you were willing to settle for a second, Commander. I've never settled for anything in my life. I know what I want, I know what I've got, and you'd be lucky to do so well, Lieutenant. Here's your 20. 300 more. Now I know you're bluffing. Are you in or not? Why don't we get this over with? I'll call your three, and I'll raise you anything you've got left. Well, take it. You always had the better hand in everything. Intimidated by the uh, commander. It's hard to stop by like this, but there's something I'd like to talk to you about. Captain Picard has made some inquiries and managed to get me a posting on the Gandhi. And considering how long I've been out of commission, it's an amazing opportunity. When would you leave? In about a week. I see. Deanna. After I've served for six months, I'm eligible to bring family aboard. If we got married... You said those exact words to me before you went to serve on the Potemkin. I know. I was just held up for a while. But if you hadn't been, what would have happened between us? I wouldn't have made the mistake of leaving you. I know that much. I don't know if I can believe that. It took me a long time to get over what happened between Commander Riker and me. I don't know that I want to put myself in that position again. That's understandable. I would never hurt you, Deanna. It's not just that. I've worked hard to make a life for myself on the Enterprise. I'm happy here. If the situation were different, I'd stay. But I can't. Not while he's aboard. I know. Are you saying it's over? No. No. I just don't know if I'm ready to give up my life here. Maybe we both need some time. Supplemental. The, the third idea transport of window has opened, and, and the away team is making you know, their final attempt at retrieving the database. Differently that you may have decided Once we restore the server link, way. you can shut the database up to this console. You ready, Commander Data? You're with me, Lieutenant. I thought Commander Data's expertise doesn't take that much expertise to repair a servo link. You and I can handle it. Lieutenant, I am curious about something. If you met a double of yourself, 
Would you have difficulty interacting with him? I think so. Why? I am not easy to get along with. Hmm. The Commander <laughs> Riker and Lieutenant Riker are. Yet they seem to have trouble getting along with each other. I have found that humans value their uniqueness. That sense that they are different from everyone else. The existence of a double would preclude that feeling. Could that be the source of the friction? Well, perhaps it is more a matter of seeing something in your double. Something you do not like in yourself. Or something that maybe that you uh, are missing in yourself anymore, you know, the... Uh, this is it. A younger version of yourself in a way. Here's the core over there. You waiting for something? Your orders, sir. How would you like me to get over there, sir? You've been down here dozens of times. I'm sure you know the best way. Yes, sir. I do. This uh, area of the of the show was done on the uh, the planet Hell, as it was called uh, for TNG, the large uh, studio set and uh, production area that they built all the planet and large uh, speaking eye radiation. Why didn't you report this? It wasn't here before. This must have just happened recently. If we have to repair this conduit, we won't have time to access that computer core. levels are dropping to normal. Next time, don't give up so easily. Now they gotta walk across this, uh, this deep... Restore the server link to the core. The, uh, we can begin downloading the, the database. Initiating data transfer. 
Captain's log, stardate 46920.1. We have retrieved the database from Navala Station and are headed for our rendezvous with the Gandhi. Come in. I hear the Gandhi's going on a terraforming mission to the Lagana sector. That's right. It'll take us four months just to get there. I won't be joining you. I guess I'm not surprised to hear that. I'm just not ready to give up my life here. Not yet. Come in. I'm sorry. It's all right. I wanted to give you something. My quarters are full of things that I suppose belong to both of us. The least I could do is give you this. So he brings him his trombone. Thanks. Good luck, Will. I actually thought I might go with the name Thomas. Your middle name. I guess we really are different. I never really cared for that name. Well, I sort of like it. I guess I better get going. Now a uh, a little quick kiss goodbye. I waited a long time. I guess I can wait a little longer. Take care of her. And Troy is trying hard not to cry. Second Chance is a really good sixth season episode of TNG. I enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, you know, lots of things to think about and talk about. Like I said during the show, this idea of what you think you you know you choose and do in your life and how it affects your future and if you could go back and change things. That's kind of a, a, a Star Trek theme that they've done a few times throughout uh, all the different shows and series. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention here about this episode was that that scene where they almost fall, where one of them almost dies and falls, there was even talk, actually, at the time of killing off the real Commander Riker and having sort of Lieutenant Riker, this young, uh, young you know, not really younger, but younger in experience, uh, a little bit more headstrong and obviously a lot more complicated for... Uh, Troy come aboard the Enterprise and make things more interesting, you know, add a lot of conflict and, and changes to the show. But, uh, you know, the, the series was kind of winding down a little bit at this point, and they knew they were going to maybe be doing some feature films, and they didn't really want to add that complication. But it was seriously considered that they were going to, again, like I said, kill off the real Commander Riker and replace him with this uh, more brash Tom Riker. So anyway, I have a few comments to play. Uh, the first one is from Daryl and his uh, take on Second Chances. When I first saw the title of this episode, I thought to myself, hmm, I don't remember this one. 
must be a sixth season episode. Late into Star Trek's fifth season, I began to watch fewer episodes than I had previously. So this is one I had never seen before today. Wow, I missed a great one, didn't I? Now that I've seen it, I do remember hearing this episode being discussed in Trek circles before. In this episode, Jonathan Frakes does a great job acting just slightly mm, barbaric and undisciplined. As for the story, to me it's exciting to take a situation and twist it, or throw a what-if at us to make us look at ourselves. This is what science fiction does best, especially Star Trek. In this case, we're brought to ask ourselves, what would we do if we were suddenly faced with another version of ourselves? This episode starts out looking like a typical Star Trek mind-bender. Is it time travel? Is it duplication? Or something else? But it turns out to be what amounts to a freak transporter accident. The prospect of the transporter doing this makes me very nervous. With all of the instances of transporter use throughout the galaxy, surely this must happen more often. But for the sake of a truly interesting story, I'm willing to overlook it. When the two Rikers are discussing him turning down his own command, it's interesting how their environments have indeed steered them in different directions, or in the end, perhaps we're more pre-programmed than we realize. Since Deanna is able to speak freely with the duplicate Riker, we finally get to hear what she really thinks about her history with him. Her character gets to develop a little more here, even though it's already the sixth season. Ah, the Riker versus Riker poker game. It demonstrates very well how the duplicate had changed course emotionally from the original Riker. When Riker saves Riker on the catwalk, it really made me wonder what the story would have been like if one of them had died. And which one? This episode gives us fascinating things to think about. I love a Star Trek episode that makes me think. And now I'm happy to be able to add this one to my list of favorites. Thank you, Daryl. Very good uh, comments and thoughts about this episode. Uh, I, I really appreciate you sending that in. Uh, I know you're a big fan of TNG and the original series especially. Uh, one, one little comment about the, the transporter accident itself, and I didn't really bring it up when I was talking during the episode as much as I should have maybe. They, they tried pretty hard, and, and they made a big point out of it in some of the background I read on this episode. They tried to say that this is more, you know, a one-in-a-million freak circumstance because of the atmosphere of this planet, Nirvala 4, that the transporter would not really be able to do this again. Uh, the, you know, of course, the transporter has had all kinds of things happen. You know, they, they did the Kirk split in Enemy Within in the original series. They, of course, would travel to the Mirror Universe through an accident through the transporter. So, yeah, other things have happened, but this doubling effect has not really happened a lot and they tried to make it very hard that it wasn't just like a surge in power and they they doubled commander Riker, you know or or whatever but uh thanks very much uh for your comments and next up we have rick and uh his wife amy talking about second chances hi rico so glad that you're reviewing the episode second chances this is rick and this is Amy. And this is the husband, husband and, and wife, wife review. review. Not the father and son review. I know. because not your son. No, Nathan's at work. So uh, I asked if you would yeah. want to. And, you and you're not my father. No, no, I'm not. Yeah. So anyway, uh, here we are talking about the episode. I wrote a special song for it. But uh, what were your thoughts on Second Chances where we get to see Tom Riker? 
It was actually one of my um, more preferred episodes. I think because it's more of a people story, and I'm more into people stories like Jane Austen and yeah, those kind of. Um, people things well it had science fiction elements to it i mean after all he was a duplicate and we got to see cool split screen stuff of him working with himself that Mm -hmm. was cool yeah and and you probably enjoyed that but i of course like the more people stories the having to decide you know kind of the space opera part of it yeah Mm -hmm. sure yeah that was fun (laughs) and then of course the love story yeah well that's what i was talking about The, the girly stuff Okay. All right. So out of five stars, how many stars would you give this episode? I think a good 4.5. You are, oh, 4.5. Mm-hmm. And I will agree with you. I really liked it, but I liked it for the different different reasons than oh, you yeah. did. Yeah. You know, probably, you know, phasers, the suspense of, you know, of the place falling apart and I did, almost dying. I have to agree that stuff. I did like the part where he hid little messages around the ship for Deanna to find and then they met up and talked about Janolan Falls. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I, I like the little um, picture that he had um, used the phaser. That's Janolan Falls. He drew it yeah. with his phaser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like I like the picture. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Okay. Well, I wrote a song about it to the Beatles song Help, and I call it Help Tom. So we're going to play it, and uh, we'll get out of here. So this is Rick. And this is Amy. And this has been the Husband, Husband and, and Wife, Wife Review. Review.
Thanks very much, Rick, for that great song. I love it. I'm a big Beatles fan, and uh, I think that works real well for this episode. And thanks to uh, you and Amy both for your comments about Second Chances. Yeah, it's a great episode. Uh, a lot of fun to watch it again, and uh, just shows how strong TNG was even in Season 6 of the series. Uh, I'm going to take a short little break here, and then I'll be back and wrap up this week's podcast. Hi, this is Rick Moyer. Moyer777 on the forums. I love Treks and Sci-Fi. Rico, you rock. And you know you inspired me to do my own podcast. And so I have. Every week I've started putting out a podcast called Take Him With You. And it's all about my life and the world around me. You might find it interesting. I guarantee you, you'll smile by the end of the podcast. And in a world that is kind of depressing lately... I think it's great to be encouraged every week. So would you try it out? Come take a listen. It's at www.takehimwithyou.com. It's called Take Him With You, the weekly podcast that's spiritual, not religious. Yes, definitely go visit Rick's podcast and the Knights of the Guild podcast and Waffle On and the Anomaly podcast, all the other friends of Treks and Sci-Fi. Go check them all out and add them to your podcast feeds and iTunes or just go to their websites and download them directly. All very well worth listening to. This has been kind of a long podcast. I wanted to mention one other thing about Second Chances related to myself personally. Uh, I, I with looking for a job recently and uh, losing my last one. I, I hate it when people say losing it. It's like you can find it. That's just not the right way to say it. But what I wanted to say was about six and a half ish years ago, back in uh, the summer or so of 2002, I uh, I had uh, used to work for a large uh, coatings chemical company. And then uh, that job went away, and I started to get back and, and do teaching, get my teaching certificate. And I had a job teaching for the fall of 2002 when the job at my most recent company, Colleen, uh, was offered to me. And I had another job offered to me at the same time. Oh, the days of having multiple things. So actually, I, in the fall of 2002, I had three possibilities. The teaching one and the Colleen one were the main ones. And I thought long and hard. The teaching job was a lot less pay, and I think that was probably the ultimate driving decision uh, between that and the Colleen position. But now, you know, it's like the Second Chances episode of TNG. You think back and go, gosh, even though it was less pay at the time, I, I, I might still have that position and job instead of being having to look for a new one uh, currently like I am. But, you know, and there, there are other kind of decisions like that throughout my life. Uh, there were a couple of changes in uh, what I was studying in college and, you know, the, even the circumstances when I met Lynn, my wife, uh, were, were fairly unusual. I don't know if I've ever talked about that. Maybe we'll save that for a future time. Uh, but, you know, those little things, it, it, when you think back over your life, if you'd gone left instead of right and, you know, you went to and did this instead of that and, it's it's really interesting how it gets you to a certain point in time. Uh, I try extremely hard, and even with this job situation, to not regret or or second guess myself, and to just you know face this is the way things are now, and not sit around and go oh if I had only stayed in the you know the teaching area instead of what I did. Uh, no, I don't regret that. I think I did very good at the company that I was at, and I couldn't have anticipated what had happened. And even if I did, I don't know if I would have changed my mind. Maybe, I guess, if you, if you could see the future, you would. But anyway, that's something I just wanted to say. 
let's say, uh, gosh, it's going to be like a long 90-minute podcast this week. Uh, a couple things. Next week's show, let's get that out of the way. I am going to be covering uh, The Wizard of Oz, uh, sort of my probably all-time favorite fantasy film, the classic Wizard of Oz movie, and a little bit about uh, the bomb books, all the Oz books, next week on the podcast. And the plan right now, this may change, but I'm going to try very hard it's 99% certain I am going to make a video podcast for the Wizard of Oz show next week. And it's very short notice, but if anyone listening would like to send in a short little video clip, uh, you know, just a couple of minutes, two, three minutes long, uh, to Trek's, uh, treksf at gmail.com about your comments about the Wizard of Oz, anything that you'd like to do related to the Oz books, if you're a fan of those, or the movie, and send those in by, say, about Friday this coming week, Friday or, or at the latest Saturday early. Uh, I'll probably be starting to assemble it on Saturday because I have a few things i got to do next Sunday in the afternoon. So uh, if you'd like to do that and submit them for next week's uh, video cast on The Wizard of Oz, that would be super. I'd really appreciate it. But I've been meaning to do another uh, full video show for a while, and uh, I thought this would be a good opportunity. Big fan of the show or the movie uh, uh, and the bomb books. I've read several of them. I've got some collectibles to show as well related to the Oz stuff. So it should be a fun show, and that's coming up next week on Treks in Sci-Fi. I think that's it. I hope I didn't miss anything. I had a lot of things uh, written down for this show that I wanted to cover since uh, we had the guest show last week. Oh, one last thing. I I am looking for a guest host for a show. I think it's April 18th. It's the weekend after Easter uh, in April uh, for that Sunday. So if anyone out there listening has a good idea, would like to tackle doing a podcast for me, uh, please let me know. I'm looking for someone for April. Uh, that's it, folks. I hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast. Throw a review over on iTunes, Podcast Alley. A donation, if you can, would be much appreciated. And again, uh, geeks, we've only got less than two months to the new Star Trek movie, and it's going to be great. I am fully confident in that. So I'll talk to you again next week for The Wizard of Oz. Until then, take care, everyone. Have a great week. See you soon, and bye-bye. I'm going to play a a little bit of a different song. This is part of uh, a song called Lucky. Uh, the uh, person doing the song is Kat Edmondson. Uh, you can see her over on Mindspace. Uh, I will be linking her in the podcast notes. I really like this song and what it has to say. I'm not going to play the whole thing. It's little. It's like three minutes, but I'll play probably about the first half of it or so. Uh, look her up. I will put her in the podcast notes. And again, until next time, everyone, take care. Bye-bye.
Lucky, lucky me. Life is just a dream. Lucky you. Lucky, lucky me. Been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti. Copyright 2009. All rights reserved. Treksinsci-Fi.com.